Sifter for the ear. News, interviews, reviews, cinema, TV, streaming, action. Hi, y'all. This is Jerry Williams, a.k.a. TV Jerry. It was a sad day last week when I learned of the death of Paul Rubens. My daughter and I watched Pee-wee's Playhouse every Saturday morning, and I've always enjoyed his career. In honor of his passing, Movie Land is screaming his first film, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, also the first film that Tim Burton directed. It'll play this weekend and Monday night. They're also hosting a re-release of Old Boy, the ultra-violent hit from 2003, which will also include a Q&A with filmmaker Nick Reffin and director Park Chan-wook. Visit the BTM Cinema's website for times and tickets. Will came in 150% even in rehearsal. He was on it. And I said, whoa, this guy is really, really professional and very committed to what he was doing. That was Daphne Maxwell-Reed talking about working with Will Smith when she was on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Daphne is best known for playing Aunt Vivian on Fresh Prince, but she's been in numerous other films and TV shows, including several with her husband, Tim Reed. They've been living in Virginia for many years, continuing to act and produce shows. Just recently, Daphne started sharing hosting duties on Virginia This Morning on CBS 6. Today we'll talk about her career as an actor, a photographer, and a clothing designer. Sifter, review of the week. Twisted Metal on Peacock. Yet another video game that takes place in a post-apocalyptic world is adapted to the screen. In this one, the major cities in the U.S. are protected by giant walls and armed guards, while the rest of the country is wild and dangerous anarchy. Anthony Mackie plays a milkman who specializes in braving the continuous attacks to deliver goods between cities. His comic sensibilities serve him well as he wisecracks his way through the villains with the help of a souped-up car and lots of weapons. Pretty soon, he's paired up with a sullen woman, played by Stephanie Beatrice, and their friendship-slash-rivalry forms the movie's core relationship. Her gruff attitude and dry delivery add punch to the duo's chemistry. Since this was created by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, the duo behind Zombieland and the Deadpool films, you can expect plenty of offhand violence, followed by an offhand quip. Given this pedigree, you might expect something extra, but even with the upbeat action and smart aleck lines, Twisted Metal only occasionally generates mild excitement. I gave it three out of five stars. Daphne Maxwell-Reed. We've both been in production most of our lives. We were on the CultureWorks board together, and now we have something else new in common. What is that? Well, I was on Channel 6 for 14 years, and you're getting ready to be on there soon. Hey, good. I was reviewing movies. I was the man in the dark. Oh, cool. Very nice to hear. So you were born in New York, and you went to the Bronx High School of Science, and then you went to a master's degree in interior design and architecture. What's with this acting thing? How did that show up? Oh, opportunity presented itself, and I took advantage of it. Um, I had a modeling career while I was in college, discovered by Eileen Ford in New York. Footnote. The Eileen Ford Agency was the premier modeling agency, and Daphne was the first black woman on the cover of Glamour magazine. And it continued to bloom. And then one day I was working in Chicago doing commercials and photo prints and narrations and voiceovers and that kind of thing. And Robert Conrad came to town. Footnote. Robert Conrad was an actor best known for his TV hits Hawaiian Eye and the Wild Wild West. And uh, was casting for a show called The Duke that he wanted to shoot in Chicago, a series. And he cast me as a recurring character, and then it bloomed from there. 
it did go crazy. So uh, did you have acting experience when you were younger? Because I mean, you high school and college, you were doing, you know, interior design and science and things. In high school, they had after school programs on Saturdays. And I was with a fun group called the Group Theater Workshop that later became the Negro Ensemble Company. Oh, cool. But I was just passing time, spending an afternoon and some evenings with a group of folks that were a lot of fun. And I was also singing with the All City Chorus and doing a lot of other things in New York that had great opportunities for a lot of cultural things to do. So that's what I did. So you've been performing forever. Forever. Yeah. I think my mother said I started when I was three. There you go. And uh, Robert Conrad had put me in the next show that he was in in Los Angeles. And that's how I got my agent. And what show was that? It was called A Man Called Sloan. And it was a really cool production. The makeup artist who did my makeup for A Man Called Sloan, which had aged me to an 80-year-old woman that was going to shrivel up and die, was named Tommy Waters. He was the original Tommy on the Mickey Mouse Club. Footnote. Actually, his name was Tommy Cole, and he was in the original Mickey Mouse Club. And now he was a makeup artist in L.A. And maybe 15 years later, I was auditioning for The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and he was my makeup artist for all my auditions. Oh, wow. I like the industry for that, the people that you meet and the people that you cross paths with and get to know. Very interesting industry. Speaking of one of those people you met and just kind of did a commercial with, and then you went away for a little while and you came back and crossed paths big time is Tim Reed, your husband. (laughs) How did that happen? That's a pretty wild story. Well, we were both in Chicago working. He was married to somebody. I was married to somebody else. And we just happened to be doing work together. And hi, how you? Yeah, fine. Okay. And then we go our separate ways. I didn't have any interest in him, nor he in me. And when I moved to Los Angeles, I had been divorced and he had been divorced. And friends from Chicago say, oh, you know who all else is here from Chicago? And we all would hang together. He called me one night, let's go have a five minute drink. I said, okay, I think I remember who you are. (laughs) (laughs) And that five minutes was five hours long. And now it's been, oh, I think 43 years. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. So, so let's talk about some of those shows. What, what is the most memorable first experience you had in a big show? Well, it was a movie that really blew my mind. I was in a movie with Goldie Hawn. I was surprised that I was cast in a movie, number one, and it was called Protocol. Right. And I played uh, some sort of animal costumed person in a bar And she was the big emu or something. I don't know. But I thought it was wonderful that Herb Ross had cast me for any part. Really? So that was a nice toe into that field. Footnote. Protocol director Herb Ross was known for many hits, including Funny Lady, The Goodbye Girl, Footloose, and Steel Magnolias. Yeah. Uh, First TV show that I remember being excited about was when I got to be on WKRP with Tim. Footnote. In case you're completely oblivious, Tim Reed played Venus Flytrap on the hit sitcom WKRP in Cincinnati for four seasons. I got to do it twice and really enjoyed that. Well, let's talk about some of your big ones, like Simon and Simon as Temple Hill, the reporter. Tell me an interesting story, a cool story. What happened on that that was kind of cool or interesting? Well, a lot of the writers who were on uh, WKRP were all friends of ours. 
and uh, they started writing for Simon and Simon. Tim got on the show as Simon and Simon. Right. And somehow in the writer's room, it came up that uh, downtown Brown needed a girlfriend and they needed a newscaster, I think I was. And um, they hired me and I became a recurring character on Simon and Simon. We had a lot of fun on that show. Frank's Place. Yes. That was the show that came after Simon and Simon. Right. Tim created it with Hugh Wilson. And Hugh cast me. Tim did not. Hugh cast me. <laughs> <laughs> did Tim not want you or did he come around or how did that you know, work? He, you know, he didn't want to assume. Oh, right, so right. Uh, Hugh thought that I could do the part and he cast me. And um, that was my favorite show of all time. Wow. And every time I watch an episode, I cry because oh. it had such potential and it's such talent on that show. And I learned so much from hanging around folks who had been in the business since the 30s and 40s. Wow. It was a grand, grand show to show, to shoot. Surprise guest drop in. Actually, I want to fast forward back to Richmond now because somebody wanted to say hello and welcome to you. Hold on one second. Hello, team. Hi there. Welcome. <laughs> Miss Jessica. Footnote. Jessica is Jessica Knoll, who's executive producer and co-host of Virginia This Morning on CBS 6. You didn't tell me this morning you were going to be part of this. I know. And I said goodbye to you for the weekend and said, I see, I'll see. i see you on Monday. And here we are. It's always good to be able to pull off <laughs> a little acting there, Jessica, I guess. <laughs> we do our best. Well, she was busy was engrossed in carpet or something. Yeah. <laughs> True. So how did y'all wrangle Daphne into being on the show? The only way they needed to, they just asked. Oh, okay. <laughs> Daphne and Tim have been friends of the show for, for a number of years. They were in very recently, and everybody is always so incredibly delighted when Daphne is with us. Right. And as I looked across the studio daydreaming, I thought, you know what? she really knows what to do in front of a camera. So I went rogue and I asked Daphne for her number quietly and she gave it to me. So uh -huh. I thought that was a good sign and made the ask, which was just incredible. It wow. was a simple ask. All you need to do is ask. Yeah. <laughs> and if I've got time, I'm with you. Yeah. And speaking of which, you got time. It's early in the morning. You're okay with getting up at those unholy hours, Daphne? Absolutely not. <laughs> but I do it anyway. <laughs> so Jessica, what piece of advice can you give her about uh, coming on the show and doing this? We're following her lead. She's already so warm and so welcoming in this community that uh, we're just all working together. When I say she slid into the chair on the set and just took it from there, it really is the truth. So my best advice was a little bit to me of just watch and learn. She is such a good host. She's wonderful to play off of. She's so smooth and she has this down pat. They started me with little information <laughs> and I had to, first day was a little challenging, but I had a lot of fun. So I have say, oh, I have worked this out. So Jessica, any final words for Daphne before you uh, get back to taking a nap maybe since you've been up all morning? Hey, Daphne, thank you so much. Already, we've only been able to spend a handful of days together, and yet it feels like you're already part of this fold and family. So we just appreciate your time and, and sharing it with us. So we really are delighted. Thank you. And my pleasure.
My pleasure. Thank you, Jessica. I look forward to seeing you in person one of these days soon. Thank you so much to Daphne. And we say, Jerry, thank you very much. And Daphne, looking forward to seeing you in the morning. See you on Monday. That was a nice surprise. Thank you, you, Jerry. And you know, we've all three were on the Culture Works board at one time. Oh, okay. I do want to ask you one question. Obviously, you're in SAG. Footnote. SAG stands for Screen Actors Guild and is the union for actors. How do you work around that with CBS 6? Because I can't imagine they're paying you SAG rates to be on TV. No, this is a news program. And that contract is not under assault at this point. Oh, good, good. So let's pick back up here. Snoops is another thing you did with Tim, a crime-solving duo. How was that? Obviously, you enjoy working with your husband. Uh, Well, yes, we did enjoy working with each other back then. (laughs) And that's a loaded statement. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Back then as opposed to now? Oh, I enjoy working with him. We just finished a movie this spring that he directed. I had a good time with that, too. Snoops was kind of like a play on uh, Nuke and Nora Charles from the 50s. Right. It was a husband and wife who just kind of fell into circumstances where they needed to solve a problem or right. solve a, a crime. And it was a fun, fun show. And then, of course, the one that most people know you from is Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You own 74 episodes as Vivian Banks. Footnote. Janet Huber originated the role of Vivian Banks on the show, and Daphne took over after three seasons. At the end of her reign, she was pregnant. So I got the baby when, <laughs> when I started the show. And my first episode was introducing me and little baby Nikki. Oh, cool. Wow, that's wild. Obviously, you still get recognized for that show, I'm assuming. Yes, very much so. And it's lovely because it's such an iconic show that I get recognized by the third generation of people. Oh, wow. Oh, my grandmother used to, I used to sit with my grandmother <laughs> and watch the show. And wow. Oh, yeah, great. Keep it running. And speaking of that, there is the new show, Bel Air, which you had a guest appearance on. How was that? Did they just call you up and say, hey, you want to come back and do this? Will uh, told us at our reunion about three years ago that he would love to have us involved in things that he does. And uh, since he's exec producer of this show, I guess he suggested that I come back. And I just was honored to be a part of the new version of uh, Bel Air. I love the characters. The actors are incredible. And I like that they get an opportunity in a one-hour show to do a 360 of each of the characters. And they are more well-rounded, more than we get to do in a 27-minute sitcom where you say your lines, get the laugh, and walk off the stage. When you mentioned Will, how did you see Will Smith mature as an actor? I was very impressed with how much of a businessman he was and his commitment to what he was doing. Will came in 150%, even in rehearsal. He was on it. And I said, whoa, this guy is really, really professional and very committed to what he was doing. And in the background, he was doing business. Wow, wow. And I just want to clarify for the audience, when you say he was in the background doing business, he was working on business because, you know, we also call it business when people are in the background do some business in a show. So, but you mean he was doing business business, not theatrical business. He was doing business. He was making his moves. There you go. <laughs> Planning his future. It great, was great. great to see. So you talked about LA, but then you moved to Virginia. What made you and Tim decide to come to our beautiful state? When we were in LA and he was writing, producing, acting, directing Snoops, 
he was taking on too much pressure and his health was beginning to suffer. And uh, we decided, okay, this is not how to live life. <laughs> Absolutely. And he had a friend in Virginia who asked for his help. And it was Doug Wilder who was running for governor at the time. Yep. And Tim had grown up in very segregated Virginia. And he said, if Doug Wilder gets elected, we should move back because that means that Virginia has come a long way. Wow. And we needed a place to run away to anyway. And we had visited Friends, one of the directors of our um, episodes of Snoops was uh, an Englishman who lived in Charlottesville. And we had visited him and we said, oh, it's pretty nice here. Oh, yeah. So we bought a farm in Charlottesville and moved here because Wilder won. Made history all over the world, actually. Footnote. In case you don't know your Virginia history, Douglas Wilder was elected the first black governor in the United States in 1989. It was a changed Virginia. It's still changing, as I'm sure you've noticed. Hopefully. Hopefully. At some point, you left Charlottesville and decided to open New Millennium Studios. What made that decision happen? Tim started taking control of his product. He was writing and producing and directing and making deals and making films. And he wanted to do it from Virginia. So he decided to talk to some friends and got some folks together and said, let's build a studio here. They don't have one. So we did. And we found Petersburg. Yep. And and it was the only black owned studio in the United States at the time. Yes, it was. And it was the first one since Oscar Micheaux and the Johnson brothers who had studios in other places like New York and California back in the 40s. Right. Then in 2015, y'all decided to sell it. Did y'all decide just, you've had enough? You want to move on? You got other things to do? Or We had a legislature that didn't understand tax credits. And um, a lot of our clients were going to Canada, Georgia, because they were giving tax credits. And our business could not survive doing that. And we decided it was not worth the effort to spend more than the 15 years we had tried to tell the legislature about the return on investment for doing that. Uh, And we just said, never mind. (laughs) We'll do something else. Speaking of which, doing so many things, I mean, you've got clothes you've designed, you've got cookbooks, you've got doors that you shoot all around the world in tote bags. What's your fascination with doors? You've got books and calendars and all kinds of door stuff. Where did that come from? I think it came from college, from my studies of interior design and architecture, I kind of focus on the details in architecture and was drawn to the textures, colors, craftsmanship of doors. And I traveled an awful lot, which was wonderful all over the world. And I just take pictures and I realized that I mostly take pictures of doors. Wow. So a friend who I was working with at the VMFA when I was doing something called Art on the Air, I would come back and we'd have lunch and they said, oh, let's see what you did this time on your trip. And I'd show them pictures and they said, you know, you should do a gallery showing of these photos. And I'm going, you've got to be a photographic artist to do that. And they said, "Uh, why don't you do that? (laughs) So on my 60th birthday, I decided I was going to be a photographic artist and I had to go about the journey of figuring out what that meant and how to do it. 
And how successful has that been for you? It was wonderful journey. Wonderful journey. I started out doing big prints and was getting a lot of sales for that and uh, still have big prints that I sell. But the economy changed in 2008. And so I went to note cards and calendars and something less expensive to inventory. And masks. Don't forget your masks, because I had one of your your culture works masks. Oh yes, that's COVID uh, related. What do I do? Well, I can't go see folks. I'll do something that's needed, which was the masks. There and I tried different bunch of different ones and found a pattern that I liked and started whipping them out. Still have mine. So speaking of doors, have you found any really cool doors around Richmond? I haven't looked. I only take doors internationally. I don't do any domestic doors. There are so many posters in the United States, the doors of Charleston, the doors of this, the door. Right. I'm not going to compete. These are introducing people to the concept of dreaming of travel. Oh, okay, good, which we all love to do. Now, one of the things you did a couple of years ago was a jazz man's blues, which was Tyler Perry's first drama. And I'm assuming you knew that Richmond VCU graduate Joshua Boone had his first lead. Did y'all get a chance to connect some? I don't think so. Oh, really? That's too bad. It was a very short section of the movie that I did, and it was after the movie had been done. And there was a character that needed the aging uh, of the character that opens the film, and they needed that section reshot. So uh, they brought me in to shoot that section. So I didn't get to work with anybody except oh. Tyler and his uh, shooting crew. That's too bad, but uh, Josh was a great guy from what I hear. It really was a good film. It was a good movie. I liked it. I gave it a good review. Now, what about Black Lady Sketch Show? Was That had to be fun. Footnote. A Black Lady Sketch Show is a comedy series that's been running on HBO for four seasons. That was a blast. That was a, it was a great, great fun time. I was honored to be asked to be in that show, that somebody thought I could be funny. What was your part? What'd you do for that show? I was a judge of some kind of a contest that two characters were trying to make something out of junk and had to come up with the best one. And I, it was mostly a conversation with the other judge and the host of the show, which was uh, our lead character. And it was just all improv. I was going to ask if it was scripted or improv. Yeah. It was a fun, great, great unscripted show. We just had a lot of fun. Do you like doing improv? I do. do you? Yeah, I think that's called life. <laughs> yeah. You don't get a script. That's true. Now, you also design clothes, Daphne Styles. Where did that inspiration come from? I've been sewing since I was nine years old and have been making my own wardrobe for years and years and years and years. Oh, Lord. Even sometimes for shows. Simon and Simon, I wore a lot of my own clothes and they gave me a nice fashion credit. Tim has a um, institute. Footnote. The Legacy Media Institute is a nonprofit that brings leading professionals in the film and TV industry to work with young filmmakers. And we have a fundraiser, and his first fundraiser that involved a fashion show, he said, you should make a line of those coats that you wear all the time, that people stop you in the street and ask you, where'd you get that from? And I said, okay, I'll make the line for you. And I made it and sold them right off the runway. And I Great. said, okay, I'll continue to do this. So I do it uh, as custom work so that I'm not, you know, in the basement just sewing all the time. <laughs> So you mentioned that 
Tim is directing a movie that the two of you are starring in. What's that about and when's it coming? Uh, he directed a movie called Call Me Now. I played the uh, character Cleo's the soothsayer, her mother. Uh -huh. And we that was when we worked together. And the movie finished in March. And uh, we're going to have a private screening sometime soon. So I'll keep folks posted on that. Speaking of that, what's next for you? You've got another, some other, well, you got Channel 6. That's going to keep you busy. I guess that's going to, you got anything else going on that you know of? Every morning I get up and go to Channel 6 and go. having a wonderful time. I also do speaking engagements and I get to share my tote bags and books and things with groups that invite me to do that. Otherwise, I'm just traveling and deciding what my next move is going to be. When you do these lectures, what are you talking about? Your own career or is it something different? It's a little bit about my career, but I try to inspire people to dream and to notice the details in their life going from A to B rather than just getting to B. Noticing the details, which makes your life very rich if you're paying attention to the details in your life. And I, I want people to dream and be brave and jump off a cliff and, <laughs> and try something new that they've never done. Right, right. And follow their heart and passions on a journey that will take them someplace wonderful. Uh, speaking of which, I want to ask you, when you have a minute to relax and you don't have to say CBS shows, what are you watching? I watch HGTV. Oh, really? I'm a, a rehab nut. Still part of my architecture goes back say, to yeah, yeah. It all comes back to that. I watch cooking shows because I love to see how people treat ingredients differently than how I treat them and love to experiment with those kinds of things. I love sharing time with my granddaughter who is at VCU and she's going to be a junior this year. Wow. And getting to spend time with her after not being able to while she was living in LA and we were living in Virginia and working, it's just been the joy of my life. And then I also have a grandson in Texas and I love hearing about his travels and exploits. Is she majoring in theater or something? Is she going to be an actor too? Or she'll probably be an actor, but she's majoring in psychology. Well, it didn't <laughs> it didn't affect you. You were majoring in architecture and you became an actor. So I guess it runs in the family that way. <laughs> Who knows? She's going to be whatever she wants to be. <laughs> there you go. Well, Daphne, this has been fascinating and loads of fun. It's good to have a chance to sit down and actually talk to you. And uh, I won't be up every morning at that hour, but I will try to record it some so I can see you working in the mornings. Or you can catch us on the WTVR.com. Oh, that's true. All that's the awesome. episodes are there. So come visit. Okie dokie. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Be well. That was Daphne Maxwell-Reed, an actor best known for playing Aunt Vivian on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but she's been in numerous other films and TV shows. Just recently, she started sharing hosting duties on Virginia This Morning on CBS 6. I'll post a link to her website, which features her photographs, clothes, and more. It'll be on the webpage for this show at tvjerry.com. Coming soon. In theaters. The Last Voyage of the Demeter. A crew sailing from Carpathia to England discover they have a vampire on board. Jules. Ben Kingsley is living quietly until a UFO lands in his backyard and he takes an alien into his home. The Pod Generation. Amelia Clark and Chiwetel Ejiofor play a couple in a futuristic world who consider birthing their baby in a detachable artificial womb. Bobcat Moretti, an obese MS patient, decides to take up his father's sport of boxing. 
It was filmed over a year, so the lead could lose 154 pounds. Gran Turismo, based on a true story. We'll have previews this weekend before it opens next week. This is based on the story of a young gamer who enters a competition to become a pro. TV and streaming. Heart of Stone on Netflix. Gal Gadot stars with Jamie Dornan in this latest attempt at a woman action hero franchise. Red, White, and Royal Blue on Amazon. A feud between the son of an American president and Britain's prince gets romantic? Behind Your Touch on Netflix. This Korean rom-com features a vet who can see the past of animals and humans by touching their bottoms. The Monkey King on Netflix. This animated adventure revolves around the titular monkey and his magical fighting stick. Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty returns for Season 2 on Max. Next week will feature another nationally known name, Ricky Lake, who will be joined by director Abby Epstein and local acupuncturist Keith Bell to talk about the movie The Business of Birth Control, which will be screening at this year's Richmond International Film Festival. This is Jerry Williams. Thanks for listening. For more Sister, including literally thousands Thousands of reviews, reviews, visit tvjerry.com. That's a wrap.